Welcome home, everybody. I know we've had some evening services here, but uh, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, are you happy to be here today? I don't think that's everybody. Are you happy to be here today? I know I am. I know um, Sundays have not been any really any less busy for some of us, um, but I, I'll be honest, they've been far less fulfilling. Um, God has made us to be in community uh, with each other. We are his body, and we're meant and made to be together in the flesh, and, and this is what we long for. Now, we've still got some sheet metal, right, in between us, um, but, uh, you know, we have been waiting for this, and, and I've talked to some pastors over the last month, you know, just talking and confiding and uh, relating to each other, and, and we've all expressed concerns about getting out of the rhythm of coming together. We're just human, right? Um, but some are shy because, hey, the online services might become a new normal, right, and, and, and maybe that would, would take away the necessity of gathering, and, and, and I've come to this place where, number one, it will never take the place of the necessity of our need to gather together. Um, nothing compares to being assembled with your brother and sister in Christ, uh, worshiping, confessing, and responding together. Um, there's a spirit that is unrivaled elsewhere, um, and if you don't know what it's about, just ask the Lord to show you, and you'll be hard-pressed to settle for less. And, and, and number two, Am I worried about this setting the church back or taking our, our changing our habits? No, I'm not. Because the church's vitality is not up to me or anybody. It's up to Jesus. Jesus said he would build his church and nothing would ever stop it. He's always going to be calling people to himself, as the song just said, from all over, from every tribe, from every tongue. He's always going to be a gathering of people unto himself. And if I ever decide it's not worth it, It'll be because I turned away from his glorious worth. But there's always going to be a people seeking out a connection with God. The Holy Spirit is too real and too powerful and too present to not bring people together. You know, we've been studying Acts in these morning services, and when the church was just getting started in the earliest of days, the disciples were worried uh, because they lost one of their own. There had always been 12, so they felt like there needed to be 12 to board, uh, to, on the board to steer the ship. And, and, and now they were just being superficial with numbers, but they had no problem filling the 12th seat. There were several options and candidates. You know why? Because nobody, because Jesus is always drawing people to himself. He's always raising up a new and next generation of believers and leaders. We don't have to worry about the church. Numbers and attendance and members and schedules may change, but one thing will never change. Jesus has built his church, and hell can't stop it. It might face delays and limitations, hurdles and cancellations, but it will always overcome. It will always come back together stronger than ever before, with or without me. That doesn't make me feel replaceable or less important. It encourages me and gives me hope that there's something I can depend on and rest on that's greater than me, that's greater than a country, that's greater than a government, that is up to God and His power. If I turn away, shame on me. But if I pay attention and ask and seek and knock and pursue Him, I will never be disappointed. I'm glad God does not depend on me. I'm glad, um, even more glad, I've been invited to be included in His kingdom. And He's included all of us this morning, all of you. So may we never forget what God has done. You know, six weeks ago, we went on an indefinite hold. 
And yes, we're not back in the house, but we are in Him and we are held by His grace and compelled by His grace. So here we are, not just wanting to survive this season, but thrive during this season. Not wanting this season to pass us by so we can get back to normal, but for this season to prepare us for something better than normal. You say, do you really think God intended a season like this for some kind of purpose? Well, God is sovereign, isn't He? He's in control, isn't He? Daniel 4, the Most High rules over the kingdoms of men and gives it to whom He wills and sets over it the lowliest of men and no one can say to Him, what have you done? That's true, right? We believe that, don't we? So yes, this all happened because of our fallen world. Yes, we live in the messy middle of the God's plan where God does not end suffering, but He leverages it for a purpose. He is patient, not wanting to do away with sin and its implications because He doesn't want to do away with us. He wants to save us. He grabs our broken wills and steers us to Him. So our response to this, yes, we've been bummed and grieved and aggravated and frustrated, but we're going to rise above those emotions because we know that God is using this for a reason. 2 Corinthians tells us that the journey of a Christian through this world is not easy. We're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always caring about the body of the death of Jesus so that His life may be made manifest in ours. So we don't lose heart. We don't give up. Though the outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is but for a moment. Preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We don't look at the things that we can see, but we look beyond those things to the things that are unseen. God, we're looking to You today beyond our flesh, by Your Spirit, to things that are eternal. So, to just return to normal is too shallow a goal for God's people. We don't want normal. We want something better than that. We don't want routine. We want revival. We don't want our way. We want God's way. We don't want to be able to do whatever we want. We want to be ready to do whatever God wants. I've been reading and preaching and preparing to preach through Acts and it's become clear to me that this season is an opportunity for the church to become more inspired, more ignited, and more impassioned than ever before. Today we're all together in one place just like they were the disciples in the early parts of Acts. Jesus promised them if they waited and prayed that God would keep a promise. He would surround them with presence. He would fill them with power. And in Acts 2, that promise is fulfilled. Their hearts are filled and their lives are changed. I want to read this passage to you today. If you have a Bible, you can look at Acts 2, but otherwise uh, you can hear God's Word. And I don't think there's more a perfect text for us today in this place, on the periphery of where we want to be, preparing for something even greater than we could ever imagine. I want to ask you though, do you want to see God's promises realized? Do you want to be filled with His presence and power to the point that you'd be willing to wait patiently and prayerfully through any season if it meant getting more of Him? If you want that today, listen to this word from God. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the rest was history. Heaven moved toward earth. They were ready to receive whatever heaven brought. Heaven brought them a new language. But it's deeper than that. It's a new identity. It's a new race. Let me explain that. In the beginning, God created a single family. And through that one family, He would have the whole earth populated. But in the earliest of days, because of sin, things changed. For the first hundred or a thousand years, civilization remained in a very specific area. Extra-biblical texts corroborate this. It was in the Middle East around the land of Babylon or Iraq. Genesis 1-10 through gives us a snapshot of how civilization came together. There was one people with one language. But they were still fallen under Adam's sin. Though they were believers, though there were believers over time, less and less believed and more and more rebelled. And then a charismatic leader rose up and united everyone in rebellion against God and compelled the world to work together to build a tower to heaven to exalt their name and exalt themselves in front of heaven and say to heaven, earth doesn't need you or God anymore. Now we know how the story goes. God confounded their language. He, they couldn't work together for their own demise. And they were dispersed all over the face of the earth. Every tribe spoke its own tongue. And here in Acts, God has commissioned His disciples to go to the ends of the earth with a message for all people to bring people back together because sin had separated them. Their flesh was divided. There was no uniting that. But this would be by His Spirit. He would knit hearts of the world together in Him. This was bigger than a tribe, bigger than a nation. This would be His church. A spiritual family filled with heaven's fire that would pave the way for all the earth to be restored. You see what's going on here in Acts 2? God gave these men His Spirit and they began to speak a different language. They would go out to the streets to a festival scene that had brought people from all over the world. And God used their new languages to speak to all the different tribes in town. You see the poetry there? The Tower of Babel brought confusion, but the upper room brought unity. The Tower of Babel was a high place meant to dismiss God. The upper room was a holy place that welcomed God. And His Spirit united whereas it had once divided. And whereas everyone was confounded in misunderstanding before, now they all had clarity and they had a supernatural understanding. This was a one-time event to demonstrate what God would do for all time in a spiritual sense. Bring people together by His power. Unite what sin had divided. Restore the flesh by His Spirit. So listen here. Our world is divided more than ever. But His Spirit is still calling His church to take up a new identity, to adopt a new and better language, to spread a message of hope and salvation and destiny. i got to ask you, do you want that today? To be filled with fire, to change from the inside out, to trade words of vanity for words of eternity, to put off the flesh and be clothed in His Spirit. Or are we just gazing up into heaven today, wondering where God is and wondering what He's up to? We don't have to gaze. We know what He's up to. We hear what He's calling us to. 
in what he's offering us. Before this, the disciples daydreamed, but the angels told them, Don't you know that Jesus is coming again? Didn't you hear his commission over you? You are to be his witnesses to the whole world. Right now, may our testimony be different than the world's. While the world fights over economics and politics, while the world worries over vacations and sports, while the world delves into the blame game, may the church rise up and adopt a better word. Just as God used these men to speak to people that never expected that to get through, He can use us for this same purpose. And people that may not know they need Jesus or may not want Jesus may just say yes to Jesus if we tell them about Jesus, if we look and sound like Jesus. And may we say yes to our mission. May we receive from God this clothing of heaven's fire, this transformation of our tongues, this restoration of our flesh, this revival from His Spirit. And may the world receive from us this message from God. I know we're all itching to get turned loose to the world without barriers and social distancing, without having to worry if you're walking down the wrong aisle in the grocery store. We're all itching for parks and beaches and restaurants and malls. I hear you, I am too. But what if God wants to turn us loose on a different mission than just a return to normal? What if God has an appointment waiting for us once the gates are open, once we're set free? You see, the disciples were on lockdown. They were on an upper room quarantine for 50 days. They were worried about being associated with Jesus because He had been killed. They would too. God had a set day on the calendar when He was going to turn them loose though. They didn't realize it, but He did. Pentecost wasn't new in Acts. It was a Jewish festival that brought a lot of people into the city. It was celebrated 50 days after Passover every year. To the Jews, it was a symbol of springtime, of the first fruits being brought forth. So there were many Jews in town from all over the world, many people from all over the world. The perfect day for God to start His church and make a big splash. The reason why Pentecost was a big opening day was because there was a lot of people in one place. Can you imagine what it's going to be like locally when everything reopens full song? We've seen this in other places and we've seen this in smaller ways. But can you imagine the malls and the parks and the restaurants? And what about the church? Now I bet the opening day won't be a Sunday. It'll probably be a Monday or a Friday. Which means we got plenty of time to let the world know there's something big planned for that first day back. Listen, my point is this. When things reopen, it'll have been about 50 days, give or take a few, to when we shut down. What if we can learn something from when the church first launched? God had a big splash plan. He knew there would be a lot of people in town coming and going. But here's the big question. Will we be ready to go and make known what He's done? Will we have received and been refreshed around our identity in Him? Will we have been prepared and equipped and filled and ignited and renewed and revived and transformed so that when we're turned loose... We can paint the town red for the gospel of Jesus with different lifestyles, different words, different and a better message. Will we be ready for that? How about we make a statement today? How about we make a commitment today that when the barn doors open, we're going to rush out with a song to sing and a message to proclaim that what has happened in our midst is not a coincidence or an accident, but an act of God. None of this is in vain, but for a purpose. God has been preparing His church for a big day, and we're going to seize that big day. We aren't going to let anyone go without hearing the hope He's put in our hearts or feel the work He's done in our souls.
Yeah, we've been able to do that through technology, but I'm talking about an eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart, life-on-life, face-to-face sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ. We were down, but now we're back up. We were locked in, but we're set free. We were discouraged, but... We're all fired up. We were worried, but now we're going to be bold. We thought what, what we thought was the end of us was really just the beginning of a better version of us. Our flesh was failing, but God's Spirit has been at work resurrecting and anointing us. And now is our chance. Today is the day He is about to move in a big way. And we want to be a part of this movement What we often miss in Acts is that Pentecost was the opening day in Jerusalem, but there were other opening days throughout Judea and Samaria in the ends of the earth. Every few chapters you read of another big day like we read in Acts 2. Listen, each county and state and country is going to open up in different stages and different wet days. What if the church was coordinated in this season? What if God is working behind the scenes so that each opening or each reopening day, there's a big splash after another? Listen, I guess what I'm getting at today is will you join me in one accord and seek heaven today and pray for God to pour out His fire and His power on us so that when that day comes, when Pentecost 2.0 comes, when this latter day rain comes, we will be ready. And that His words would be on our lips, His Spirit in our hearts, His mission on our minds, and our feet on His path. That we would tell the story of what God has done. May God set our souls on fire and may He set our tongues on fire. Peter, as they begin to ask him questions in this text about what was going on, I want to close by reading the word he shared with them from Acts 2, verse 14 through 21. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's just the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. That it may come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in heaven and signs on earth. He goes on to say, and it will come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter thought his generation was living out the last days, but it turns out his generation just saw a preview of what God would be doing throughout the rest of history. But the promise stands that, every, that with every passing generation, we get closer to our destiny, to our destination. And Peter says over in verse 39, For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That includes us today. So our opportunity is to reach up to heaven, to call on the name of Jesus, to repent and believe and trust in what He's offering us today. May God respond with fire. If you're you're here today and you feel a presence like none other, if you feel your heart burning with conviction and passion, maybe God is trying to speak to you. He's already been speaking, but maybe He wants you to internalize this. 
Will you accept His will and His way today? Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you've never said yes to His mission. Maybe you've seen that God is up to something big and you want to say to Him, Here I am, send me, God. We're going to have a word of prayer and I want you all to join me in one accord. And let's seek the Lord this morning and ask Him for heaven's fire today. Father, thank You for this opportunity. And this meeting today. Thank you for inspiration and for this invitation. God, someone here feels your spirit moving and they've never trusted Jesus as Savior. They've never surrendered to His call and embraced their true identity in Him. They want to repent of their sins and trust in Jesus. Would you hear their hearts today and confirm their calling and give them that desire? Someone here is a Christian and, and they've not realized what you've been up to in this season until now. They've been discouraged, they've been worried, they've been overwhelmed and all those are real emotions but they feel today that your spirit of fire is moving toward them and resting on them and they want to be filled with this hope and this power today and they want to go and tell the world about Jesus and they want to live like Jesus. They want to change their lives to be like you want them to be. God, would you hear them and help them today? God, we're all here in one place and in one accord, desperate for you to use this season for good. We're praying for healing, not just of our flesh, but we want a spiritual healing and revival today. We're ready to be in your hands, to be your hands and feet for this new day upon us. Lord, pour out your spirit like never before. Change us like you've done before. Change our world like you have before. We are desperate for you, Lord. Heal our land, revive our churches, and move in our hearts. We call on your name today, your holy and beautiful name, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, and it's in his name that we ask and that we pray and will always delight in. Amen.